You're listening to the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast, where we discuss current events, social issues, religious trends, and noteworthy news from a biblical perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for tuning in to the newest episode of the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Soker. This episode is being released on February 23rd, 2023. This is the last episode for the month of February, which is the time when we would typically do our monthly news roundup. However, as I was putting together ideas for this episode, I realized that one of the stories that I intended to talk about was going to require some more time than I would be able to give it if we were also talking about a couple other stories. And because of the timely nature of it, I didn't want to put it off until next week. So we're going to talk about just one story here today, and that is the Asbury Revival. This revival, or awakening as some people have called it, began with a chapel service at Asbury University on February 8th and turned into a period of nonstop worship following that point. However, at the time of this recording, the plan from the university is to conclude this revival on February 22nd. And this is being released on the 23rd, so we'll see if there are any new developments between the time that it's being recorded and the time that this episode is actually being released. But regardless of whether this is still going on or if it's been concluded or moved to another location or whatever it might be, I wanted to talk about this today. So for links to the story we're talking about, as well as some other related materials, check out the show notes for this episode at plainbibleteaching.com slash podcast slash 022323. Now for our story this week. The Asbury Revival, a spontaneous outpouring from the Institute on Religion and Democracy, Students at Asbury University in Wilmore, Kentucky have been engaged across the past week in what has been described by some participants as an organic, unplanned revival. What we know, a February 8th chapel service concluded with an invitation for students to receive prayer. Dozens stayed, worship leaders continued to play music, and even more returned. One week later, it is yet to conclude. Evenings now see overflow crowds spill onto the steps of the Hughes Auditorium, a seating capacity of 1,489, with an up to three-hour wait to enter. A smaller 375-seat auditorium has also been filled, as has the 660-seat Estes Chapel at Asbury Theological Seminary across the street. And the Great Commission Fellowship at Wilmore United Methodist Church has hosted an additional overflow site. Now, a lot has been said about this so-called revival by all sorts of different people. And again, the plan is for this to conclude this week or at least be moved to other locations and not be at the university. But there are a couple points I want to talk about today that have not been discussed much, at least among those who are the loudest and the mainstream voices that are talking about this. And before we start, I want to be clear that I am not questioning the sincerity of anyone who's participating in this. I believe that oftentimes those who participate in events like this are sincere in what they're doing. However, sincerity does not mean that one is doing something that is good or right. Remember the Apostle Paul who said in Acts 23 and verse 1 that he lived his life with a perfectly good conscience before God. And that included 
the time when he was persecuting the church. So the standard that will determine whether someone's actions are right or wrong is not how we might feel about it. It's not how, what the majority of the religious world believes about it. The standard of whether something is right or wrong or good or bad is the Word of God. So today we're going to consider a couple of points related to this idea of revival, and not just the Asbury revival specifically, but just this idea in general. This event gives us an opportunity to discuss some of these ideas. So the first thing I want to consider today is this, this idea of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Because supposedly, as people have described it, this is what they believe is happening during the Asbury Revival. And the way some people talk about this, about the outpouring of the Spirit, you might expect that this would be a fairly common thing. But in the Bible, it wasn't common. It did happen, but it wasn't a common occurrence. There's a prophecy about this in Joel chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. It says, It will come about after this that I will pour out my Spirit on all mankind. And your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on the male and female servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So you have that prophecy in the book of Joel. And according to Peter, that was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. Peter said this, But this is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. And it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour forth my spirit on all mankind, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, even on my bond slaves, both men and women, I will in those days pour forth of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. So Peter directly connected this to what was happening on the day of Pentecost. And this was connected to the promise that Jesus gave to his apostles prior to his ascension in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, where he said, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. So the Holy Spirit was poured forth on the apostles to equip them to preach the gospel when the church was first established on the day of Pentecost. So, did that happen on any other occasion? Well, we do have it recorded another time later in the book of Acts when Peter preached to the household of Cornelius, which incidentally and really significantly was a group of Gentiles. In Acts 10 verses 44 through 48, it says, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. All the circumcised believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. Then Peter answered, Surely no one can refuse the water for these to be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we did, can he? And he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And they asked him to stay on for a few days. So on that occasion, the Holy Spirit was poured forth on the Gentiles just as it was done with the apostles. Peter said, just as it had happened for us. And this was done as a sign that God was willing to welcome them as part of the Lord's church. So these were two momentous events. 
The first one was the establishment of the Lord's church. And then the second one was the opening up of his church to the Gentiles, to all nations. This was not a common occurrence. This happened on these two monumental events of the establishment of the church and now the church being opened to everyone. So before claiming that God is pouring forth his spirit like he did on those occasions, we need to step back first and recognize that this was a rare thing in the Bible, and it was done for a specific purpose. It was a matter of prophecy and a matter of proving that this was God's work in opening up the church to everyone. So the second thing we're going to talk about here is, what is a revival? And how does revival come about? Most people refer to what has been happening at Asbury University as a revival. Now, some have chosen to call it an awakening, and they have reasons for making that distinction, but most people refer to it as a revival. Well, what is a revival? Well, a CNN article on this event that we'll have linked in the show notes quoted a definition of revival as revitalizing the spiritual lives of members and gaining new followers. So, in other words, to put that more simply, a revival is meant to call believers to repent and call unbelievers to convert. What's interesting is that this word is never used that way to describe that type of thing in the Bible. Now, obviously, the Bible does talk about being revived, but it's important to understand how that comes about in the Bible. As the Bible describes it, how does that come about? Well, there are a few passages that we're going to notice here that don't just talk about being revived, but actually talk about how this happens. So how does revival, this coming alive again, how does that come about? Psalm 119.25 says, My soul cleaves to the dust. Revive me according to your word. Psalm 119, verse 40. Behold, I long for your precepts. Revive me through your righteousness. In verse 50 of that psalm, it says, This is my comfort in my affliction, that your word has revived me. Psalm 119, 88. Revive me according to your loving kindness, so that I may keep the testimony of your mouth. In verse 93 of that psalm, I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have revived me. And there are several other verses in Psalm 119 that talk about being revived by God's word, by God's ordinances, his precepts, and all that sort of thing. So God's word gives us life. And as we read there in some of those passages, God's righteousness or kindness, mercy, and grace, they motivate us to serve him. So some might wonder, we have the goodness of God and the word of God motivating people and showing people the way of life and how to be revitalized in him, some might wonder, well, wouldn't the Holy Spirit also do this? In a sense, yes, because the Holy Spirit, his work was revealing God's word to us, the word that causes us to be revived. And we won't get into that in detail in this episode, but I will link to an article in the show notes that talks about how or whether divine revelation is ongoing today. And that article talks about how this process of revelation or inspiration happened. 
So in that sense, yes, the Holy Spirit is involved in this revival, but it's through the word that he revealed. So any so-called revival that might happen today, it's not going to be based upon some feeling that someone has. It's not going to be based upon some experience that we get caught up in. It's going to be based upon the word of God and our determination to follow it. So with that in mind, I want to end with this question. How can we have a revival today? Now, if you're listening to the podcast, you didn't see me do the air quotes around the word revival, but I'm using that word accommodatively because, as I've already said, it's not used that way in the New Testament to describe what we're describing. But remember what we talked about was the definition of a revival. It calls believers to repentance and calls unbelievers to convert. Well, how does that happen? How do we call unbelievers to convert? By preaching the gospel. Jesus commissioned his apostles to preach the gospel to all creation in Mark 16, verse 15. The gospel is the power of God for salvation, as Romans 1, 16 tells us. And Paul said in 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 14, that we are called through the gospel. How do unbelievers, how are they called to repent? not by some outpouring of the Spirit, like it's being described as happening at Asbury University or some of the other revivals. It's through the preaching of the gospel. That's what Jesus told his apostles to do. Well, how do we call believers to repentance? It's the same way, by preaching the gospel. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 4 and verse 2 to preach the word, and as do, in doing so, He was to reprove, rebuke, and exhort. Reproving and rebuking there have to do with calling people, calling Christians to repentance. When the church in Ephesus had left their first love in Revelation 2 verses 4 and 5, they were told to remember from where they were fallen and do the deeds they did at first, which means go back to the teachings of Christ and follow the pattern that is found in his word. So all of that is accomplished, whether we're talking about calling believers to repentance or calling unbelievers to convert to Christ. All that is accomplished through the preaching of the Word. The Spirit revealed that Word, but it's not done through some outpouring of the Spirit that is separate from the Word. So whether it's at Asbury University or any other place, Those who participate in a so-called revival like this, they may be sincere. But if they're merely following their emotions or getting caught up in some so-called spiritual movement, it's not going to lead them in the direction that they need to go. Revival comes through God's Word. So we need to be preaching it and practicing it and constantly examining ourselves to see if We are following it in the way that's pleasing to the Lord. Well, that's all for this week. Thank you for listening to the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast. I hope you found this to be interesting, informative, and helpful. For links to the story we talked about, as well as other related materials, visit the show notes for this episode at plainbibleteaching.com slash podcast slash 022323. 
If you have a moment to rate and review the podcast or to share it with others that you think would be interested, that would be appreciated. And if you're listening to this, remember that we are uploading video versions of the podcast to the Plain Bible Teaching YouTube channel. So if you prefer video to audio, that is available there for you. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please like and subscribe to the channel. And that way you can see more of the videos that we're posting here. And if you see a news story that you think would make for a good discussion, some topic that you would like to have addressed here, please email that to me at andy at plainbibleteaching.com. Thanks again for listening, and I hope to talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. Also, be sure to sign up for the Plain Bible Teaching Weekly Newsletter. This free newsletter will be delivered to your inbox each Friday with articles, podcasts, videos, sermon outlines, and more. Visit plainbibleteaching.com to subscribe today.